a Highline podcast. This is Ravel, a roundtable show about the complexity of faith in the age of information. My name's Josh. I'm Stephen. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of American Christianity, and we still keep thinking about how to take it seriously, even as we leave some beliefs behind. We think theology should be an exploratory dialogue, so our hope is that this podcast will encourage growth, both for individuals and communities. We don't have all the answers, but we're here to sort out as much as we can over a drink or two. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. Hello, 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 my friends. Here we are. We're recording. Is that how you start church? Is that like the same tone you start a sermon or something? Oh, same tone, yes. But no, every Sunday I greet my church by saying, good morning, church. Oh, and and do they say good morning, Pastor Emily? (laughs) They just say good morning and they have big grins on their faces and it's a very joyous occasion. That's very cute. I like that. It is cute. Mock me, but it is cute. Um, no, it's better than just yelling at the congregation. I feel like I've said that too many times. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you guys drinking tonight? Oh, amazing. I am enjoying my favorite beer on the planet, the one and only Jeremiah Johnson Mountain Man Scotch Ale from Great Falls, mm. Montana. Mm. Oh, just the perfect beer, truly. It really is. You were just drinking that on the latest episode of the whiskey bench weren't you um yeah weren't you i because i just listened to that that was a good episode i'm not sure it'll be the latest by the time this episode comes out but yeah i I that's a good point was just recently a guest on my old podcast because i I podcasted with the whiskey bench crew for a year wow you really did that was a wow that's wild yeah i had three shows at one point that was crazy um yeah for reference uh if anyone wants to listen to steven guest on that one that one was the most I almost said most recent again. It was the episode that they just talked about, about Spotify and Joe Rogan. And it was a very refreshing conversation. It was surprisingly not that controversial. Surprisingly. You would think with Joe Rogan, but who knows? Maybe I surprised some people with my Joe Rogan takes. You might have. I also have some pretty spicy takes on Spotify. But anyway, all that said, Jeremiah Johnson, good stuff. Yes, Love Mountain Man. Thank you for that. What are you drinking, Josh? I made myself a little citrusy cocktail with mezcal, some Sprite. I've never tried this combo before. I just made it up. Some Anagostra orange bitters, a couple dashes, uh, some lemon juice, and I shaved off some orange rind and put it in there. And it's pretty oh. good. It's very refreshing. Ooh. Nice. Gives it that little zing. Uh, I don't know if Sprite and mezcal has a name, but it's good. Yeah, I like the homebrew cocktail. Ooh, I'm sure you'll think of a name. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking, Emily? What do you think I'm drinking? This is a guessing uh, game now. <laughs> water. British blend. And water. Water and uh, body armor. Water's a beverage that we count. What flavor? That's the mystery. Strawberry banana. No. Gah. Peach. 50 50 shot. <laughs> no, it's more like a, I don't even know, because there's like a bajillion flavors. You no, like strawberry banana, though. I do really like strawberry banana, but I'm enjoying peach today. Peach body armor, bottle of water. This mm-hmm. is excellent. Amen. I plan on, I have to pump later, and then after that, I'm hoping to enjoy a adult beverage afterwards. So we'll see. I have uh, yeah, I have some choices, but for now. How many hours before you pump can you not drink alcohol or caffeine? 
Or is it recommended? Or um, It's recommended two hours. Oh, that's not bad. Wow. Mm-hmm. So like, and so now, so now because she's eating like grown-up food and consuming bottles, she doesn't have as many bottles throughout the day, which means I don't have to pump as frequently. So like right now I can go like four to five hours. So if I was to have a beverage right now, I would be okay. Nice. For another like three hours. Okay. But yeah. Anyways, Man. I feel like that was a lot that people didn't necessarily need to know. But yeah, here you, I mean, here we, <laughs> here we are. We're here to pump you up, Emily. Pump, oh pump, God. pump it up. Oh, Josh. my word. Why? That was so good. Hey, speaking Cringe. of being guests on podcasts and stuff, the three of us are in active talks with being on other shows across this worldwide internet. Very exciting. Yes, we is. One of which, Josh, you just appeared on the Veterans of Culture Wars. Is that right? The Correct. Vet- Veterans of Culture Wars. That episode is out. Go listen to it. It was a great conversation if you want to learn a little bit more. I mean, it was about me, but I learned in the show a little bit about some of uh, the Mars Hill perspective from the inside that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have found on the Mars Hill podcast. Yeah. So that was kind of fascinating. And speaking of the Mars Hill podcast, we have a bonus episode out available to patrons right now on our private feed. Where we talk for like two hours about our takes on that whole Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. And on March 27th, patrons, listen, we have set a date. March 27th, we are doing our live hangout in Patreon where now we just get to harvest your thoughts. We get to talk about what you think we missed from the Mars Hill discussion, and it's your turn. So March 27th, it's a Sunday afternoon. Mark your calendars or do whatever, and you can respond in Discord. Be there or be square. I also have to tell you guys that we just sent another free sticker out in the mail this morning for a friend who filled out the Highline survey. Woot woot. <gasps> yeah. Be-be-be-be. That's very exciting. Who doesn't like free stickers? Yep. Who really, like, insane that you would hear me say, I would love to send you one for free with a handwritten note, I might add. I think that's a nice personal touch. And Stephen has pretty nice handwriting. So, I mean. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You can get a free sticker and a note from me with my beautiful handwriting at highline.network slash survey. And that survey is live until the end of March. So yeah, get in while the, uh, the stickers are free. Otherwise you can just, you can always buy a sticker and support your favorite Highline show on the merch store. So, and that would be pretty dope. So, okay. We're, th- we're through announcements. Emily, I understand you have something for us today. I am presenting our topic this evening. And, you know, I had to ask when this episode is coming out because I would determine what my topic was going to be. And knowing that this episode will be released the day before St. Patrick's Day, I thought it would be pretty cool if we talked about the concept of luck or being blessed. Oh, interesting. Yes. And I really, I mean, I really don't have like any particular question, but I have had this idea of, and Stephen, I think part of it too is this idea that we were talking about in your your episode last week about privilege. And I wonder how luck plays a part in our everyday life and especially in our faith journey, but also being blessed because, you know, hashtag blessed or, you know, I joke around in seminary, the phrase uh, too blessed to be stressed. My friend Maddie and I would flip it and say, we're too stressed to be blessed. Um, Wow. 
And it was kind of funny, but I, you know, I got to thinking maybe some people truly believe that they cannot be blessed or they're just unfortunate and unlucky. So that is what I'm kind of grappling with uh, today is the idea of being blessed or luck, being fortunate. What do we do with it? Where do we go? What does it look like? Um, So maybe one question that I have is, do you guys, do you feel lucky? <laughs> do you feel lucky, punk? Well, yeah. um, do you? <laughs> before I answer that, I was just like reminded by my roommate earlier because I guess she didn't know this before because she asked like, what are you guys talking about on the podcast today? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, what? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. We just like take turns deciding what it's going to be about. And we don't tell each other. And it's like kind of nice. And I, yeah. it was just like a nice reminder of like, so yeah, if you're listening for the first time, Stephen and I had no idea this was coming. It was just a lucky guess that we happened to <laughs> be able to talk about this. But I, and then it was just a nice reminder for me, like, oh yeah, I like that. Like mm-hmm. I like just showing up to the conversation, not knowing what we're going to talk about. And it's always so fun, like being the other person that gets to respond to something else that you're thinking about. I also so, enjoy it. Shout out to you, Emily. I oh, think no. I do feel lucky. I do think it's interesting that you're tying this to Stephen's episode last week about privilege because i do think that there could be a lot said about luck being tied to privilege but i think it's interesting that you're like coming kind of coming from the angle of like uh like a christian view of blessing mm-hmm. i might have to think about that for a second i don't really have anything to say yet <laughs> okay okay fair enough my first thoughts were i honestly had forgotten that it was saint patrick's day like coming up and i thought your whole topic was going to be about your ordination interview that was like, <gasps> this week <laughs> so, well i can't really talk about something that hasn't happened yet. yeah i know here's to praying like that even you, though it's releasing yeah it's weird do we want to be praying that you're lucky in your interview or that you're well prepared oh, both <laughs> in the words of radio both yeah yeah i like that yeah i think i agree with josh i think i feel lucky i mean tying it to the privilege concept that i've been grappling with lately it's a phrase that I've used. I even think last episode, I used a phrase, something like, I've only seen green lights my whole life. And I've heard people talk about like the privilege lottery, right? And like, mm-hmm. right, like hitting the jackpot in, yeah, whatever privilege uh, quizzes you can take. Like, I check all those boxes. In which case, I think, I don't know. I think. Maybe it is appropriate to recognize that, like, I don't, I don't know what brings me to be a white American male, cisgendered, heterosexual person, but that, that feels like there's an element of luck. And I've been thinking about that in the context of even my faith. Like, I almost wonder, would Christians consider themselves lucky that they were born into a culture in which Christianity is the dominant religious structure? Cause like, I don't I don't know if it's right to say I had an equal chance of being born in Iran, right, as a woman mm-hmm. or something, but when you look into being born in different places under different structures or even different times, like how lucky is it that we were born in the end of the 20th century after most of the most horrific stuff that happened during the century was petering out, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think any of us were born even at the end of the Cold War, like it was post Cold War. Right. So like being lucky that we grew up with the internet in some ways. I don't know. 
like you guys have pointed out, I, I'm tying it to the privilege concept quite a bit because that's kind of what I've I've been interrogating in my own life lately. So now my question is, would you consider yourself then to be blessed? Hmm. And do you maybe see lucky and blessed as the same or not? And why? So that's really interesting because I feel like I was specifically raised to believe that luck does not exist. Like from a Christian perspective, Christians should not believe in luck. That's like there's no like ethereal like luck in the universe that's like favoring things. Mm-hmm. But then I would often hear people turn right around and say, but God blesses you. And it's like a weird like mm-hmm. reframe. Which is and like I, the thing that intentionally, yeah, favors you. Yeah. Like chance doesn't favor you. And like that, that, that's exactly how I think of it. Like lucky feels like there's an element of chance to it. Totally. Whereas blessing feels like it's premeditated by someone who has a gift to give. See, and that's what I was thinking too. I almost feel like luck is framed in like the common definition. I feel like luck is often just referring to, oh, like it was just million to one odds and you happen to be fortunate in that situation. Like you had no control over that. Like it was lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's almost just like acknowledging the odds versus like when people talk about God's blessing or God's favor. It, I think it is talking about privilege. Like I almost mm. wanted to bring up at the very beginning when you mentioned your question, like, I don't remember who it was, but there's a, this clip of this well-known evangelist person. I really cannot remember his name right now. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who is talking about how uh, like he thinks that privilege is just a white blessing from God. Like white privilege oh. is just a blessing. Louis Giglio said that. It, yeah, it was Louis yes. Giglio. And so like, I want, I like thought of that and I was like, well, that's, but then like the more that I thought about it in this conversation just now, I was thinking like, well, maybe he is onto something in, I'm not saying I agree with him, but maybe he is onto something in that the concept of blessing is fundamentally different from the concept of luck in that people who believe in God's blessing tend to believe in my experience that God does privilege people over other people. Mm. And I think that that's wrong. Like, I don't think you should believe that. But maybe he is making a conceptual connection. I didn't even think about that until now. Yeah. Well, because if you think about it, to be blessed is basically like a divine aid, like God aiding you in something. Blessed and highly favored. Oh, yeah. Emily, do you believe that God blesses people in that way or in any way? That's tricky. I I I think it's hard to say because... I mean, for me personally, I think I'm blessed, but I think maybe people just define being blessed to whatever experience they are living out, you know? So like, Mm. while some people would think birth is a blessing, others would say maybe it's not. Mm. Totally. You know, I think it's a very subjective thing one man's trash is another man's treasure kind of thing for sure and so like if i was to say oh like you're blessed and someone's like what the hell are you talking about you know and they could see it their situation completely differently than i would you know and vice versa i really like that answer oh good i think that you're absolutely right i I completely agree with you because i think that like if i was going to boil it down i think that like christian or not people obviously are trying to make sense of good things happen Bad things happen. Mm-hmm. How do we describe the bad things that happen? We've talked about that, obviously. Like, how do we like make sense of suffering in this world? 
We obviously can't get away from it. And I feel like luck and blessing is like the other end of that. Like it's not just like neutral things like existence. It's like, how do I make sense of the good and fortunate things that happen to me? That's now that brings up a question then is can I bless or give a blessing? Mm. Like can humans, you know what I mean? And I think that I mm. bring that up because like I think back to my chaplaincy and like the mothers and fathers and family members who, you know, had like a stillborn or whatever the situation may be. And they would ask like, you know, can you give a blessing like in that situation? And I didn't really think about it until now, but it's like, what are they asking for in that moment? You know, Hmm. like, what does it mean to like for me or for you or for anyone to give a blessing? Because we're not God. We're not bringing divine aid. So what is it that we're actually doing? So there might be something going on to a feeling of like, uh, a chaplain or a member of clergy is like a conduit for divineness. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but like, haven't haven't you ever been asked to give a blessing, like at a meal? Like, oh, can you can you give a blessing over the meal uh-huh. before we eat? Yeah. And you're not clergy. That's true. I also don't pray for my food that often. So, oops. Um, <gasps> okay, no, let's. I want to sit with that for a second because I think that me praying over my food, like even though I, like I didn't grow up calling it a blessing, I do think that it's a great example of, like you are asked to give divinely to something, mm-hmm. and I think that like praying before a meal was one of the first things that I was like, mm, yep. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I'm giving anything. I don't feel like I'm imparting any spiritual thing tangibly to what's happening here. Sure. Other than like verbal acknowledgement. Like the other type of blessing you made me think of is like a, I think a toast is kind of like a type of blessing. Like even if it's not a spiritual toast. Oh, sure. You're like giving a verbal proclamation of like, this is what I think. This Mm -hmm. is the concept I'm going to put forth. The framework around like this situation or this couple or this person. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, I think that a, a blessing can often be defined as a verbal acknowledgement whether or not it's like given a religious spiritual sense. But I like your question because I feel like what you're trying to interrogate is, are you actually giving anything? Mm. And I think sometimes the answer is yes. But I also think that that concept is misused when Christians are like, well, we just want to bless you with this and this and this. But it's, it's, there, there's often like an undertone of obligation as well. Like forever ago when huh. we were talking about gifting food to the community if it's done in a very wrong, almost disingenuous way, it's often given with the expectation that you will return the favor by going to church or something. Mm. So I think of like the way that you asked your question made me think of like the ways that the act of giving a blessing, even if something is given, like a verbal acknowledgement, can often be used to expect a gift in kind. Mm. Yeah, with strings attached. Yeah, mm-hmm. strings attached. Oh my gosh, that was such a much simpler way of saying what I wanted to say. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I'm very good. <laughs> thank you for summarizing. <laughs> You're welcome. So what I'm thinking about now, I'll start in media res. The water isn't holy water until it's blessed, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, so, so I look at something like holy water and I think being a good Protestant evangelical boy, I'm looking at that <laughs> more as symbolism rather than reality right Mm -hmm. Mm. 
but the blessing has conferred to it some uh some position of like veneration or importance and i wonder if asking for blessings even for things like food or giving like i want to bless you with a hundred dollars or whatever i wonder if that's just a way that we have fashioned our modern language around the idea of like tuning our cognitive bias towards something positive Ooh. oh of like if i expect the holy water to be holy then isn't it holy right and it like if i if i express verbal gratitude for my food in the form of like pray a blessing over the meal then maybe it just it maybe it's just like tuning some form of cognitive bias to positivity that's what i'm thinking are you are you saying that like sometimes you think a blessing effectively reframes a situation cognitively? Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I think luck is probably the same thing, right? People who carry around lucky charms, like once once you have a positive uh, like a high uh, like a peak positive experience holding like a shamrock keychain or whatever. Like I think it's human nature, you know, people talk about like their lucky shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well, I had a really like I had a peak positive experience happen when I was wearing this t-shirt and now I will never get rid of this t-shirt and when I really feel like I need the universe to irrationally work in my favor, I'm going to wear this t-shirt. Like people do that when they watch their favorite football teams, right? It's like the jerseys that you never wash. Me, me, mm-hmm. because it's the lucky jersey. Well, so now that you have like superstition at play. Uh, yes. Oh, Along that's a luck. good word for that. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are amateurly superstitious. Like, I have favorite shirts that are confidence boosting, and I like, I have a favorite pair of glasses, and like, I will do things ritualistically to like boost myself in a way that I think will like help me in a situation. But like, I'm not framing it in terms of maybe it's just like all like cognitive framing. I'm not framing it in terms of. I think doing this thing will bring me luck, like universally. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that it's ironic that Christians like preach against that concept of luck that you're talking about, Stephen, like that superstitious, like I think that this will somehow genuate, generate like the universe giving me favor. I think it's really funny and ironic that they reject that wholeheartedly, almost in like an anti-witchcraft kind of way. But the concept yeah. of God giving you blessing Mm. is so close to that like it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's hardly a different reframe at all i think yeah yeah right and Oof. in both cases they kind of seem like they're just doing the same thing and honestly it just feels good to imagine or believe that the universe and god is like cheering for you like on your side steven you're into process theology these days how do you I make dabble. sense of the yeah you dabble you're you're like <laughs> you've like been to the party once or twice. <laughs> yeah, right. How do you make sense of the concept of God blessing? Mm. Like in a supernatural way. Uh, yeah, however you want to take it. Because like yeah, I guess I, I I went straight to the idea of like how much does God intervene in the way the world is unfolding? That's that's how I take the the sense of blessing, right? Like things were headed this direction and it is by God's intervention and blessing that things did not go that way. 
Mm. I'm just not sure that God needs to do that in a supernatural way to be a blessing. And I guess to risk the, the wildly cheesy take is like, I don't know if I need God or an angel to do that when I think it's us that are called to be the angels mm. to the people around us. You know, like that sounds super Christianese to be like, be the blessing in the world that you want to see or whatever. Mm. But I think that's what we're called to do in a, in a process theology kind of way is like, we are, we are called and empowered. You're God's gift to the world. Yes. (laughs) Oh, we're full circle, baby. Yes. (laughs) So this brings up a question though. And I've heard, like, I can't remember where exactly I heard this from, but it's now jogging some memories and some weird thoughts. But do you think it is possible, like, if you do believe in luck, do you think it is possible to make or create your own luck? I mean, I think if you're going to, like, talk about favor and blessing and privilege in the same conversation, like, uh, whether you want to, like, interrogate those definitions or, like, be semantic-y. Like, I think even if you're just like talking about them in a similar way, I think you can absolutely propel yourself forward. Do I think you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? No. But I do think that like you can genuinely improve your life. Mm -hmm. And to Stephen's point, I think you can genuinely improve the lives of people around you. Yeah. And I think that if you don't believe that, that's a, going back to our previous conversation, that's a very pessimistic view of the world. (laughs) But. I think where it goes too far, and I think we see this in Christianity, obviously, like with things like the prosperity gospel, there's like often a fixation on like you rising above other people. Right. In a way that's like not just leaving others behind, but you taking advantage of other people. Like, I think that's what I don't understand about, like, I get it. Money helps feed our necessities and makes us more comfortable and gives us a better quality of life. But I don't understand the mindset of like, I would like to be so rich that like I convince all of these poorer people around me to give me their money. Mm. And maybe it's just because like we have experts in the world that like don't frame it that way and they're able to like convince other poor people that that is what they want without, I don't know, that you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I do think you can create blessing or favor or privilege in your life, like in the, sense of like bettering your quality of life sure but i don't know i think it only goes so far in a healthy way Mm. i guess yeah and you just have to be very careful i wonder if you're the kind of person who believes that you can create your own luck i think you can create your own luck but if you're the kind of person who believes (laughs) you can't i don't think you can that's funny does that make sense i think so yeah (laughs) I I really am starting to be convinced of my own new opinion that it's all about reframing your cognitive bias toward positive or negative. Because like I also think of the opposite of an optimistic and lucky person is like Eeyore, mm. right? Like, woe is me, everything happens to me bad. Mm. Like <laughs> That was a perfect ER voice, by the way. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. You know what I mean, though? It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we've met those kind of people, too, who are stuck in a, spir- a downward spiral of nothing ever works out for me. And 
the more you believe that, the more things are not going to work out for you. Yeah, like in a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of way. Yeah. 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 I do think you're right. I think that can go both directions. So then is luck just self-fulfilling prophecy? Mm. I mean, I think only to a certain extent. And like to Emily's point, like it's very subjective. Yeah. Like everyone has unique limits on how much they can affect in their day-to-day life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Josh, I like your take about the money angle, especially because I feel like eventually we should get to like prosperity gospel kind of idea eventually for blessing and lucky and all that. But in the same way, Josh, you were speaking of someone like, I can't imagine being of the mindset that I need to convince people poorer than me to give me money to make me more wealthy. Right. Yeah. At worst, that's like the most one of the most malicious ways to do that. I don't think anyone who's, I don't think many people who are doing that consciously think they're doing that. Totally. But I also just got to thinking about the scene in the Dark Knight Batman movie. Mm, okay. Where Harvey Dent flips the coin at his girlfriend and he's like, I make my own luck. And it's a two, it's a two-sided, it's like a coin with heads on both sides. Two-faced. So every time you see him in the movie up until the point where he like blows up in the building, spoiler alert, but also that movie is old. The new Batman, by the way, is spectacular. Sorry, that's a complete tangent. I'm going to go see it just based off your recommendation because I saw you ranting about it on Twitter and I hate Batman movies for the most part. Oh. And I'm going to go see it. Well, maybe we should talk about why you you hate them for the most part, but we can do that (laughs) off the air if we want to. That's unfortunate. But but so this moment of like Harvey Dent being like, don't worry, I'll get out of this as he's being led into a swap van or whatever. He's like, I I make my own luck. And he winks his girlfriend and she realizes that every other scene where he's flipped a coin and saying like, heads, it's it's going in my favor, tails, it's your favor. And it's always heads because it's a coin with heads on both sides. What, how much do you think deception plays into what we see in the world as uh, people being lucky? Oh, I think it has everything to do with it. You think so? I'm partially, not everything, but partially. I'm, I'm going to join Josh and I'm an evergreen optimist that thinks that no one is lying to me ever. Um. <laughs> then you're a fool. No, just and kidding. Like, but I would say that I'm lucky and I truly believe I'm not lying to anyone when I say I'm not or when I say well the only reason I say that is because we have the tools and the means to perfect so like social media you can edit out you can change Uh you can filter and you can you can trick or fool people or make them believe that oh wow like everything is so great but like if you were to look at the original picture you can see that there were many things that were edited or changed or altered and that's not always a bad thing i'm not saying that's a Mm. bad thing but it is it can be deceitful that's a good point i think you're speaking to a type of deceit that like in my mind i'm thinking of just like the outright lying right i have a coin that says two sides and i'm always going to call heads Mm -hmm. right when i flip it emily I think this is a good segue. I've been thinking about for a couple minutes here about how I think a lot of the luck blessing reframing or framing is often post hoc. Like it's often like looking Mm. back and being like, it's like a, I think it's really interesting the way that we reinterpret our past situations. Oh, for sure. Like whether it's social, social media or uh, like 
in the context of a relationship or in the context of religion, like in some ways you could call us unreliable narrators because our storytelling will change (laughs) or sometimes we are like only portraying the positives. But to your point, Emily, I don't think that's always a bad thing. And I don't think it's dishonest personally for a Christian who is like professing faith or any faith for that matter. I don't think it's wrong for someone to look back on a situation and because of their convictions say, I believe that was God. Mm -hmm. Like they, I don't think what they're saying is, I mean, maybe some people are saying this, but I don't think they're necessarily saying that they believe God caused that. But I, I think what they're really doing is cognitively framing that situation in terms of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like a lot of people do the same thing with luck. They like, like you escape a car wreck and you're like, Ooh, that was lucky. Like that's storytelling. It is. And it's not, it's not necessarily them saying, I believe the luck dust in the universe descended on me in that moment and saved me. (laughs) Like they're trying to like ascribe language to their past to storytell. And I really, I really appreciate that. I like that a lot. Well, thank you. So yeah, anyway, all that to say, I don't think it's dishonest for someone to say, God blessed me in that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to necessarily believe whether you are that person or third party. I don't think you have to believe that God had causal power in that. Uh, But I think it's a cognitive frame. That is such a charitable take. I really like that. Oh, thank you. I just thought of it. We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. Ravel is a founding podcast of the Highline Media Network. And here's a word from one of our sister shows, The Whiskey Bench. That exists for Apple, but so as far as I understand Spotify, as a musician, like I have friends who get like a hundred downloads or a hundred streams a month or something. They make money off of that. I mean, I think that totals 30 cents, but it's money, right? (laughs) It does add up and that's obviously economies of scale serve someone like Neil Young um, in that way. But podcasters have no such thing, even though our audio behaves the same way behind Spotify's terms of service, but their terms of service, they're allowed to say like, no, we don't pay, we we don't pay podcasters, but we pay musicians. Which is very interesting too, because if someone listens to this full episode, like we had them on Spotify, 
We had them engage with the Spotify app. Two hours. What's going to be like two hours? Which? Yeah, that's true. Which? So like, maybe we should get like a couple ten dollars. Okay. Okay. And on the other side totally. of that, Torna, <laughs> brilliant. Um, is that is two hours that Spotify does not have to be paying a musician for using their app. No. Yes. Right. That is actually very, very interesting. And that is the crux of why I left Spotify as a user. Do you want a coffee by Roasting Company that sounds like we made it up? Well, we're now selling coffee by Revel Coffee throughout the whole Highline Media Network. (laughs) That is right, Josh. This is a Montana local international award-winning roaster that we've partnered with to create the Highline Blend. What's super cool is it directly supports the show that you love with every bag that you buy. How neat is that? So if you want a bag of really good coffee, I've tried many coffees from this roaster and I totally recommend it. Just go to highline.network slash shop or hit the link in the show notes. We'll send you a bag. Do you think the Apostle Paul would consider himself lucky or blessed? Blessed. Or, or both. Yeah. Because in the whole, his storytelling, you know, you, you read a passage of one of his letters that's like, I was stoned this many times and I was beaten with rods this many times and I was shipwrecked this many mm. times and I was bit by snakes and like, I'm still here, baby. Blessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Josh, you were absolutely saying like that, that was a way of him making sense of extremely strenuous situations. Yeah. And looking to the past, being able to tell a story about it. And at the same time, like getting to confirm a bias he had. Right. Mm. Paul would definitely be the guy that would use the hashtag too blessed to be stressed. Do you think so? I'm not sure. I I think so. It's really hard for me to hear a phrase like too blessed to be stressed and not think that, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like toxic positivity, Mm. I guess is. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting. I don't think it's necessarily the same thing as toxic positivity, but I see the connection you're making because I think it can be. Yeah. It's maybe a stereotype. How would you define that? What do you see them as the same thing? No, I don't. I think you're right, Josh. I think they can be, but I don't think they necessarily are. So how would you distinguish between a positive psychology of self and toxic positivity? Or like a, maybe not even of the self, but like of your circumstances? Well, when I think of toxic positivity, I think of people or situations where you intentionally choose to ignore the negative, ignore the pessimistic, you know, whereas too blessed to be stressed. I think it's honors. It's honestly like an ignorance, like just like a blind, like, like there's this disconnect where it's unintentional sometimes. Uh, both feel like denial to me, but one is explicitly chosen and one is implicitly followed. Hmm. Mm, okay. Does that, I mean. I, I mean, it makes sense. What do you think, Josh? I don't know. Say more. What do you mean by that? Wh- which one? What? Which would be which? 
Wait, hold on a second. What what two things are we talking about right now? <laughs> I think I got a little lost. <laughs> toxic, toxic positivity and too blessed to be stressed. Okay. Or in my world, too stressed to be blessed. Which is the Eeyore version. Yeah. Um, I don't think that choosing to highlight and focus on the silver linings and the... Right. Choosing to highlight is one thing. Choosing to like ignore the bad though is what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about i think in just full-on full-blown denial of like no Mm -hmm. that's not happening i mean josh you used that example last week of like no my work circumstances are fine even though they're Mm -hmm. like there are red flags everywhere Uh to any outside observer you know Mm. do you think jesus was lucky I mean, he was crucified. <laughs> um, <laughs> luckiest man alive. <laughs> I think it's a bias we all have. It's survival mm. bias, right? Like you're lucky if you're the one who gets out of the bad situation alive, which I know he did because mm. of Easter and resurrection and stuff. But actually, that's a good point. I mm-hmm. think there is a really good tie to survivor bias. Yeah. Because that can apply to uh, like you escaping a negative situation or you just gaining positively. Mm. Emily, do you think Jesus was lucky? No. <laughs> okay, but I- why? Why such like an easy answer to that? Like, why wasn't he lucky? Like, what are you thinking of? I think it's partially because I still have privilege stuck in my head. But like, he did not come from a privileged family or life and he did have to work for things in life to you know like in some degree yeah but he was also fed and ministered to by angels that's why i said to some degree steven seems lucky i don't know seems blessed at least it seems again but that's subjective like we (laughs) it's how we see it but like maybe we should ask him (laughs) wow do you think okay here's a question i have unless you guys want to keep talking about jesus and luck What's your question? Shoot. Okay. Go ahead. My question is, do you think it's disingenuous at all for Christians to preach against like a vending machine concept of God, but then, but then when good things do happen, they do attribute it to God? Yes. I, that bugs the crap out of me. Can you elaborate on the vending machine metaphor? So are you, Josh, are you talking about like if you put like money in for a vending machine and then you get more than what you were wanting. Yeah, well, not even in like, not even in like a, a, a works earning blessing thing, but in a, like we can pray to God and God will give us things concept. Like mm, I've, okay. As much as I can complain about Christians that I've been exposed to trying to discount luck, but then talk about God blessing. I do think I heard a lot of people growing up talk about, like, no, God is not our vending machine. Like, you can't just pray for a bike and get a bike. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I still agree with that. Like, whatever your, like, concept of God or relationship to the church is going to be, that seems like a pretty, that that seems like that holds up in court. Like, like just yeah. based off of experience. <laughs> well, because, so if we're going to carry the vending machine analogy even further, let's say you pray for a bike, but you get a skateboard. Like, I've had literally situations where like I would punch in a code for a vending machine and it gives me something else. Oh, sure. 
Well, I mean, I've heard Christians try to like explain around that too, for sure. Yeah. And so like, and they want to say that God wasn't a part of that, you know, like, oh, that wasn't really, that was just luck that that happened or it was just misfortune that that happened. And they try to take God out of it. Oh, I've, I've totally heard people uh, speak in terms of like, you know, you can pray for something, but like, if it doesn't happen, it wasn't God's will, Mm. which I don't like that. I think that that gives a very very streamlined definition of God that I think that most people don't sure aren't bargaining for. But anyway, uh, Stephen, since you asked for a little bit more explanation, uh, like that's kind of like the vending machine concept I'm referring to, like pray for something, get it. And I think a lot of Christians to their credit do preach against that. But then is it dishonest in any way to then anytime something good happens, attribute it to God? Sure. I'm not sure if it is or not, but. Oh, I mean, dishonest according to who? Uh, because like a theological consistency of I'm completely wretched and totally depraved. Of course, everything bad that happens to me is going to be my fault. And anything good that happens to me is going to be God's glory. It's from God. Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay, sure. Okay, yeah, maybe it is a little bit more cohesive. Yeah, that's how I was raised to think about it. So it, it feels cohesive when you're standing from uh, within that particular prison. Right, but an out, outside perspective, I, I feel like I see that for what it is. I don't remember where I heard it, but recently I was listening to some podcast about how uh, like they would go to these Christian music like performance competitions of some sort, and they like made a joke about how every team at that thing was praying, God, give us favor here, like make us win and destroy all the other teams. Like everybody was praying that, obviously, and it. I feel like that totally highlights how, like, the, like conceptualizing of like God's favor and blessing like can get pretty ridiculous if you just like apply it to everything. <laughs> and you know, some prayers were offered up that were like, "God, no matter if we win or lose, let you you're just glorified today." You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly might not be the wrong heart to go into something like that with, but like, come on, because <laughs> it's okay to be competitive. But like to to pray about it as if your fellow worship bands are the enemy, right? Is like, what are we even doing here? Mm. Yeah, I think that there is a very fine line that some people walk when talking about favor and blessing and taking it to a point where what they're really talking about is supremacy, that they are trying to like lord over people in some way, like whether that's racially or classist or just like financially like i think that it's very i don't want to like just like use a slippery slope fallacy but like i think it's really easy to just slip into i'm gonna like pray for blessing and favor and expect that in like a self-reinforcing self-fulfilling prophecy kind of way but if you just like keep taking that like and taking it like i think it's really easy to like reinforce supremacist kind of thinking right yeah Mm -hmm. man you just got a secret that manifested on your vision board (laughs) right like okay yeah okay that's a good example like me going on vacation i think is an absolute blessing like it's certainly something that like not everyone can afford or like afford on a regular basis and like anytime i take a trip and maybe it's just because like i didn't grow up going on vacations that i feel like i appreciate it in that way but every time i like go on a little road trip or like fly somewhere or i like visit somewhere I haven't visited before. I just feel like I, I feel blessed and fortunate 
Interesting. But I don't think of it as like, well, I'm better than those people that don't get to take vacations. Like, I haven't made it. Sure. You know? Yeah. I, I uh, Clearly, I think we all think that's the wrong attitude to have. But <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> in, terms of, yeah. in terms of vacation, I don't think I would have ever linked it to the word blessed. I think mm, I, I would have called it privileged, right? Like, I've earned yeah. the privilege through working hard and saving up the money to take a vacation. Mm-hmm. That now I can exercise that privilege by spending that money on the vacation that I wanted. Whereas blessing feels maybe not unexpected, but it feels like it comes hmm. as a gift from an outside source, right? Like Yeah, like you really didn't have any hand in it. The blessing of a vacation would be my parents rolling up tomorrow and being like, hey, do you and Dixie want to go to Hawaii? We already bought tickets. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, in that sense, that sounds more closely related to luck then. Well, see, no. Well, I don't, I don't think that's bad. I'm just saying that. that, like, I'm connecting it that way. The blessing of the gift of the vacation uh, feels premeditated and like intentional on behalf of the giver. Whereas the luck, luck would be, his parents entered a raffle and they win and they win the trip to Hawaii. Yes. Whereas, hey, we're we are mm. intentionally planning this trip to Hawaii, and we would like you guys to come with us. Is that's a blessing? But like. If they had no part, like it was totally random, totally by chance that they get to now go to Hawaii. I see that as luck. Yes, completely agree. (laughs) So now I'm going to ask the question again. Do you feel lucky? Like after talking about it and, Hmm. you know, reshaping it, do you feel lucky? I think yes. And that's because for a few minutes I've been thinking about the idea of like natural born talent. Oh, mm. like gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I feel like I was lucky to be born with uh, admittedly very, a very good sense of rhythm that lends itself to me being a, an above average drummer. Agreed. You know, and, Amen. and that talent that I was born with, I think is the luck of, I don't know, maybe genetics, but like just the luck of the draw, I guess. And mm-hmm. maybe it's that that's the luck of the environment I grew up in. I grew up with my dad playing drums and the first time I held drumsticks was when I was like six months old or whatever. So it's like, sure, any of that could be, uh, what's the word? I'm conditioned, I guess, based on my mm. surroundings. But I feel like I was born with natural talent for music and for drums in particular. And in general, I like, you know, I have talents for things that other people don't. And I consider myself lucky for those. Hmm. I can appreciate that answer. What about you, Josh? I'm not sure. Emily, I'm curious to hear what you think. If I'm lucky? Yeah. Do you think you're lucky? (laughs) No. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I've never really thought of myself, though, as being lucky either. Like just growing up, you know. Mm. I never really believed in luck, and I don't know if I ever will. Mm. I think it's really easy for me to see like things that have gone well for me, but also at the same time, we, our own person, are the person that knows the best the things that have gone wrong for us. Right. And certainly, like existence is not equal opportunity. Like I feel like, Stephen, you were kind of feeling at that earlier, like you were born in a very specific context versus like a mm-hmm. different context in existence. And, like, mm-hmm. some people do have things that, like, go worse for them. Yeah. 
and I'm, I think I, I, hmm, I want to say I reject the language of luck and blessing and favor as concepts, but I think only because I don't think that they do it justice describing us making sense of the good things that happen to us and the bad things that happen to us. Like Steven, for instance, like and we've talked about it on the show before, like you've gone through two miscarriages this last year and some people would call that unlucky. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. also like to provide a different perspective, if you look at, I, like if we're like thinking of luck in terms of like against all odds, in some ways it's not unlucky because unfortunately many women experience miscarriages. Like it's not unheard of medically to happen. Or like I think of like cancer too. Like I think a lot of people like talk about disease as if like, you get it, you're unlucky. Mm. I, I don't think unlucky is the same thing as unfortunate. I don't think luck, lucky is the same thing as fortunate. And I also think it's subjective. And I don't know. It's a hard one. I don't know. I'm kind of just rambling now. No, I really appreciate that. Because if we see luck as being like one in a million, then like the phrase that's unlucky is true. But like at the same time, I feel very fortunate to do this podcast or like have the job that I have or mm-hmm. be in the relationship that I'm in. Or like, I think you were the one who said, Emily, a while back about like build the life that you don't want to escape. Self-care. Mm-hmm. Self-care. Self-care is creating the life that you don't want to escape from. And uh, truly, like not everybody can do that in some ways. Like maybe you can like take little steps to improve your quality of life, but like almost none of us are going to 100% get to the stage of life. I No, I would say none of us. I don't think any of us are going to get to the stage of life where we're like, I would change absolutely nothing. Nothing could improve my life. And I think that's kind of the point. Mm. Yeah. What's Because you're, you're constantly going to want to achieve it. You know what I mean? Like if you were to achieve it, then you're just done, you know, and then you have the possibility of reverting. And so you'd have to try again. Whereas if you just keep constantly striving, knowing that there is better and you're trying to get to there, then you're creating a lifestyle that you don't want to escape from by consistently and constantly trying to obtain the very best in life. Yeah. Knowing yeah. that you can't, but you can try and just have that that positive element of what if. It's in the journey, it's not the destination. It's also the climb. Also did we just describe heaven? Oh. I was thinking about that a little bit as she was saying that. Oh. Oh, yeah, like a heaven. I mean, that is a, a lot of the language I've heard people talk about, like heaven on earth. Yeah, yeah it's an ideal to attempt to realize, to strive for mm-hmm. the trajectory of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's some good process <laughs> theology for you, right there. Yeah, but also, like to go back to last episode, like I think that that is another reason why people are often so discontent with the church as an institution. I think that a lot of churches mm. are mm. not aimed towards continuous improvement and they rather consider themselves so blessed and privileged or lucky that they know what's true and right and other people don't and therefore like there's no reason to think about improvement because you've already got it and I, i think that that's yeah i think that that's what i don't like about christians and blessing and favor it's like if you can't if you like are going to preach about uh, humility and love and you can't be self-reflective enough, whether individually or uh, what's the other one? Almost like commercially. Communally. Yeah. Communally. Communally. Commercially. If you can't like, 
if you can't capitalistically like, look at <laughs> if you can't acknowledge the good and mm-hmm. also not and not be toxically positive but rather acknowledge the room for growth mm. then i think that's a huge turnoff so here's a big here's a theology word that i i don't know if we've discussed much if ever on the show but now it feels like we're describing the process of what people call sanctification oh especially mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of like you know like we're the justification comes from faith in christ we are saved sanctifying grace but mm-hmm. then there's you know like the way the author of the book of james writes where he's like faith without works is dead like live into it don't rest on your laurels and don't sit back cuz i think josh what you're des- what what you're describing at least what i feel like you're describing is the christian who really internalizes the message that christ's blood makes them perfect and they're like oh cool i'm perfect (laughs) right (laughs) you know and not doing anything about it or doing anything with it do you feel like either of you have dramatically changed the way you've thought of favor or blessing or privilege or positive thinking Mm. over the years like, has there been any sort of major shift for you? Um, I think my short answer is yes, in that uh, having been convinced of, like, wretched total depravity at one point, mm. basically, I, I used to think of, I only started gaining divine blessing at the age of 10 when I first prayed the prayer kind of thing, rather than where I'm at right now. Like my favorite story in the Bible is the prodigal son, right? And Mm -hmm. the father talking to the older son who's all bitter about the party being thrown for the son who has returned and the father saying, I am always with you and everything I have is yours. Like understanding for me, a concept of blessing that started way before I ever like confessed I was a sinner for the first time. Mm. Like I've always been blessed and everything I have is God's. Yeah, that's my favorite place to rest in with that. I like that. What about you, Emily? I think for me, um, it's, you know, when I think of blessing, I just think of the divine having a hand in something. Um, you know, so I had said earlier, like having a baby, like for me personally, is a blessing. Like, yes, Alex and I had uh, the means to create, um, but it was a blessing that we were able to do that. And I think for me, it's in times of great sorrow and great distraught chaos, whatever, that I look in my life and I look around me and I see what are the things that I am blessed with, even in this moment. Um, and I think for me, that greatest one was when my friend Luke passed away and seeing the blessing of having friends, having a space to grieve, having a space where I could wrestle and be mad and come out of this situation a totally different person. And I think for me, it was seeing that God had a hand in that, you know, like it wasn't entirely just my doing and it wasn't entirely those around me just supporting me or whatever. It was, I think God had a hand in showing me, even in the midst of suffering, there can be joy, there can be good, there can be 
fortunate things to come and to be. And it's whether or not I want to see it. So not ignoring the bad, but also not ignoring the good either. And I think that was for me one of the things that I Mm. still to this day hold on to for sure is just seeing the divine at hand and how it's in the midst of any and all situations. I think my last thought is going to be, I think the Bible is right that the rain falls on the good and the evil. I don't remember exactly the wording. Just and the unjust. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. The just and the unjust. And I think that just as there is randomness and chance to uh, suffering, I think that there is a lot of randomness and chance and contextualization to the good that we experience as well. Like I was just Mm. listening to a an episode of Radio Lab earlier this week. It's one of their recent episodes called Life in a Barrel. And so good. Yeah, it was really good. Um and one of the things that I was so struck by was like kind of the more recent realization that like the theory of evolution via natural selection is not completely accurate as what Darwin described, which is funny because it like <laughs> it's like almost agreeing with like Young Earth creationist in some way in that like, oh, it's just a theory. But like, well, yes, like science is self-correcting and continuously improving. (laughs) And we are always learning more. So like, yes, nothing's ever complete. But like, it was interesting. They were highlighting that like, like the reason that we know that is like kind of disproved in some ways is because we've discovered like archaeological evidence of just like extinction events uh, that like, seem seemingly have no explanation like not even like meteors or like floods but just like Mm. oh my gosh there's just this like huge pile of dead animals that we've discovered in archaeological digs and like seemingly no explanation like they weren't killed by other animals they weren't like they don't look unhealthy they were they're just dead and like the the, i feel like one of the things they were highlighting was like the like the randomness of life Mm -hmm. and i think that that's totally applicable to our good and fortunate experiences as well as it is our suffering. And I think Mm. no matter how we frame it, whether it's religiously or in terms of luck or in terms of randomness, I think that what really matters is how we choose to use it and how we choose to like take our good experience of the world and let it not just affect us, but affect other people. So are you ever going to say the phrase good luck again to anyone? Oh, totally. Of course I am. Of course I am. Me too. Because Me happiness too. and joy is contagious. And like like me smiling at someone makes someone else smile. And like mm-hmm. that's stupidly cheesy, but like... Pay it forward, bro. Like, no, that's yeah, blessing sure. people, for sure, you know? Totally. Well, thank you guys for tackling this really nice conversation and this topic with me. Yeah, this Emily, one was delightful. it was a blessing. Wow. <laughs> Every time, Josh, you always find a way. (laughs) Speaking of blessings, I do consider it a blessing that we know some fantastically awesome friends inside our Patreon Discord. Oh, for sure. We are so lucky. In addition to the nice, very lucky, which sometimes, maybe, yeah, the Instagram algorithm has served us many a friend thus far. Even friends who leave very thoughtful reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or give us good anonymous short feedback on the Highline survey for which Mm -hmm. we will return with a blessing of our own, which is our (laughs) cover art on a sticker. I will bless you with my handwriting, give you a nice little Mm. note. 
Because I like doing that kind of stuff. It's it's like the uh, it's the personal. It's touch. one of Stephen's love languages. Yeah. Thank you, Church. We are really excited today to talk to you about <laughs> our ministry highlight of the month. This oh month, God. we're highlighting Stephen's sticker ministry, and he's doing some really cool things down there. He's kind of in more of like a like a digital context, and he's just ministering. And we would just really love to bless him with a love offering today. And you're such an <laughs> You're so good Thank at you. it. Josh. Did you see? Oh my gosh. Did you guys see that <laughs> somebody left a comment on one of our Instagram posts and he was like, I was just listening. What's that word that you said at 637 or whatever? Like he just like gave a timestamp and I was like, what is he talking about? So I looked it up. Is <laughs> one of us just says <laughs> And I literally responded in the comments. I was like, sir. If it's in the Bible, it's fair game. That's our rule. <laughs> it's one of those words. Boom. I what is that word? That's hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Well, wow. Anyway, sir, if you're listening, thank you. Made my day and my week. Again. Um, yeah. I hope you leave us a review. Yep. Uh, because you, oh because joy and blessing is contagious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, All right. anyway, uh, if you do want to bless us, uh, you can follow us on social media if you're into socials. Um, yeah. If you do want to support us, please leave us a review. Share us with a friend. Glad you're here. Absolutely. Emily, do you uh, want to give us a blessing? I do you have a blessing do. prepared? Or are you going to give us like a like a stroke of good luck? I hate that phrase. Oh, my God. What a did stroke I say of good luck. What? That, is, that makes me cringe, to be honest. That's a um, phrase. I'm not just saying that. Oh, I know. Well, you can, you can stop saying it. Um <laughs> So I am. I come from a very uh, long line of Irish uh, heritage. Oh, I did not know that. Reminder: oh, yes. Emily and I barely know each other. Yeah, we still need to do in like this show. We still need to do like a bajillion bonus episodes where Josh and I just learn about each other. Like, speaking of which, we do have a bonus episode of exactly that. I didn't even. I wasn't even there. <gasps> yeah. That comes out mm -hmm. the last Friday of March. That episode does. Yes. So, so stay tuned. Get into it, friends. With my Irish heritage, the Irish have really good blessings. They just have wonderful, wonderful words uh, to share. And so I have a blessing that I would like to share with you today. May there always be work for your hands to do. May your purse always hold a coin or two. May the sun always shine on your window pane. May the rainbow be certain to follow each rain. May the hand of a friend always be near to you. And may God fill your heart with gladness and cheer to you. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench, where we pair cocktails with conversation. Whether we're diving deep into a meaty subject like the history of fascism, or why monetary policy drives inflation, or just bringing you the highlights of a crazy news week, we aim to look past the simple answers and discuss the complexity of our wild world. So pull up a chair, pour yourself a drink, and join us on the Whiskey Bench. Highline Media Network, artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.